everybody. Hello, hello, hello. So we're here on a rainy night. At least it was a little while ago. I don't know if the rain has continued. I wish it I wish it would though. Man. We had about a half hour before the rain showed up around three o'clock or so, three thirty. That I went outside to I was all done with everything. I had some meetings, had some did all the writing for the short show tonight. If it was two hours, it'd have been a little bit more time consuming, but I think we should get by just fine with what we have on tap tonight. And the wet, that pre-storm weather is the best. Nice hot day in the sun today. It was really wonderful. Uh, the couple of times I had to go out to uh, move things around and take care of some other stuff. But then came in this just cool, dry, pre-storm breeze with the gray skies. And that was just awesome. And now the cherry tomatoes are starting to turn. So I'm, I've already started popping tomatoes. They're not even red yet. They're just orange, but they're just fine. Now they're, now they're tart and I don't care. Frank, wait for them. Don't worry, I've got hundreds coming. Hundreds are coming in and it planted themselves as a gift from God. So I, uh, me and, and Aurora, we, we partook in some orange tomatoes today, the cherry tomatoes. And she loved it, I loved it. We got blueberries on the other part of the of the property, and that's it. There you go. No survival done. We have no more needs that need to be met. We can survive now on one or two semi-ripe cherry tomatoes a day. We're fine. Anyway, it is 6.58 p.m. It's almost time to ring the 7 o'clock gong or strike the gong. July 25th, 2023. Greetings to all of our friends out there if you're watching on quitefrankly.tv or YouTube or Rumble or DLive or Theta, Rockfin, Twitter, beyond. All those places out there. And if you are somebody that, that listens to this uh, WHYU 89.1 down in the West Virginia area, I'm still waiting for one person to email say, I am a listener on the radio and you're doing us proud out here, Frank. Let's see if that happens. But it's Tuesday night. Uh, it's the 25th. And I was thinking about at one point, we didn't know what, what we could have done because uh, I don't think that we're going to be uh, doing the, the Saturday night special this month. It would have to be this Saturday and we're just too... Um, involved in, in personal stuff at home right now with moving things around and so I think we might skip July which means that that was going to be the prime time to do a Christmas in July episode so with that now off of the table I would like to just as a side topic tonight wish you a Merry Christmas in July and ask anybody if you actually have any legit Christmas in July traditions with your friends or your family, you can call in tonight and talk about it. With whatever time we have, if you can sneak in with that, I'd love to hear some Christmas in July stories and and traditions that you've kept up over the years. Because it's going to be here in a in a flash now. In a flash. We're more than halfway through the year, of course. Now it's late July, so you thought it took 
not that much time to get here than to hell with it. I mean, it's already New Year's Eve. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for fall, but I can because I know it's coming so quick. You got to you got to appreciate the entire transition in that journey, man. You really do. Tonight, I want to take some calls on the Obama drowning. I have some more details over here. We're going to jump into the grab bag in a second. Uh, there's just um, there's time for whatever kind of thoughts you have. I also want to bring your attention to quitefrankly.tv on the forum and encourage you to go to the forum to one of the pinned threads there. Show thread, World's Fair, and Electroculture. Now, tomorrow night, we have Matt from Cultivate Elevate coming on to talk about electroculture. And I really, really, and that is, uh, it's going to link with the World's Fair pretty well. Um, but I would love to get any questions from you guys and gals on that last minute questions. There's already uh, quite a few here. Really good stuff. Some Tesla based questions, comments. Have you done, have you ventured into electroculture at home? That is the incorporation of copper and earth energies to stimulate growth in in your uh in your gardens and beyond i i want to know what the what the uh the the reaches of this are does it just is it just about cultivating food where does it go is there any other kind of environmental rejuvenating properties to this to this science this tesla like magic so Please get onto the forum and pay, take part in that, and you will in turn be part of the production for tomorrow night's show. And then on Thursday night, Lori Williams is going to be on. She's a professional remote viewer uh, with military experience, among other things, and I've got tons to ask her. Tons to ask her. And perhaps even more, if you have anything on that subject to ask, you just uh, write, write into me. Quite frankly, podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to get all of your remote viewing, especially as it pertains to psychic spying and military operations based on, you know, in the in the ethereal world, that realm. I would love to hear that. So thank you to my sponsors tonight, BlueMonsterPrep.com. I would encourage you all to go check out Blue Monster Prep on the affiliates page. Grab the promo code, frankly, and then go and shop to your heart's delight. Not only to your heart's delight, to your heart's comfort, to its satisfaction, to your mind, your soul's comfort. That's what it is all about. It's about insurance for an uncertain future. Go check out Pat and Gina's operation over there on and, uh, and tell them that Frank sent you. Oh, they'll know because they're watching right now. They've been watching since before they were sponsors. I love those two. All right, let's get into the grab bag. Oh, one more thing, just because we're knocking on August's door just again. The Devil in the White City, that is the book club starting on August 2nd. It is a Wednesday night with Lindsay Sharman for five Wednesdays because there's five Wednesdays in August and we're gonna need them. Yeah, it's gonna, I think it's about 75 pages a week the minimum to be able to get the entire thing done in the month of August. So 75 pages, it's not a lot. It is not a lot. And it's an experience. If you haven't done it before with book club, you're going to experience this book like none other. It's going to stick. You're going to be able to ask questions, point out things you observed. It's going to be great. I encourage you all become a monthly sponsor and buy yourself the book. You have more than enough time to get on that. 
Another one, I have a happy birthday here for Mr. Bob Schmidt out there. He said, Frank, can I get a shout out for my birthday tonight? This old man is turning 67 today for the first and only time. Much love to you and all the Franklies, Bobby. Bob has been a very, very good friend of the show for the last few years, and I always enjoy hearing from him. All right, into the grab bag we go. It's just some things, some things that cross my path, and I figured it'd be a nice little warm-up. Here's one for you. A Kansas woman was killed by a grizzly bear at Yellowstone. She was an avid hiker, and she died, quote, doing what she loved. I don't know anyone who loves getting eaten by a grizzly bear, but to each their own. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't understand why anybody would actually characterize this. And, and it's one thing to say, oh, you know, she slipped. She slipped on a rock facing somewhere. Or I, I don't know. She had a heart attack on the trail. But to, to whip that line out when someone got mangled by a ferocious wild animal is just ridiculous. A Kansas woman mauled by a grizzly bear while hiking on a Montana trail near near Yellowstone National Park was an avid hiker who quit teaching to backpack across the country and died doing what she loved, family members said. Amy Adamson, her body was found Saturday on the Buttermilk Trail just west of the National Park, according to authorities with Montana Departure uh, Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Officials confirmed Adamson's encountered a grizzly based on the tracks the animal left in the area where the body was found. Adam's mother, Janet, posted the grim news on Facebook. So that's that's it. Her firstborn grizzly. That's awful. Awful, awful news. I just... Yeah, she was out there experiencing the world, but... Uh, I don't... Mm. I think once she got attacked, she was no longer doing the things that she loved. Anyway, that's bad news. Um, here's another one for you. This is about the ongoing Hollywood strike. I haven't really paid attention to it because who the hell gives a shit? I mean, I guess uh, if that's your industry, you have to go and fight for whatever the hell you think you deserve. And like I said before, every key grip, every cameraman is not part of some great, uh, you know, worldwide conspiracy. Um, many of them probably understand what the hell is going on around them and they're just trying to get by. But, you know, uh, hey, we're all fighting for our dinner out here. All of us. But listen to this. Comedy star Andrew Schultz reveals the strike may expose streaming companies and backfire on the actors. What do you mean? Stand-up comedian and actor Andrew Schultz has shared an inconvenient fact about Hollywood that has the potential to come back to haunt uh, the striking actors and the writers. Now, this is just an opinion. It may not be true, but it is an interesting take. On July 13th, Hollywood actors joined the Writers Guild of America in its strike, essentially bringing production of new movies and TV shows to a screeching halt. While the strikers might think that what they are doing will help them, Schultz wrote in a Twitter thread Friday that the strike may in fact do them more harm than good. According to Schultz, the issue at the heart of the writers and actors strikes is fair payment from streaming services. In order to decide what is fair, Streaming services need to reveal the viewership numbers of their shows. Ah, I see where this is going. Uh, here's what he says, uh, Schultz in his, in his thread. The real issue 
is that actors and writers want fair residual payments from the streamers. In order to define what is fair, the streamers will need to share how many people are actually watching their shows, and here lies the problem. My suspicion is that the streamers are refusing to share the viewership numbers, not because they're being cheap, but because no one is watching and revealing extremely low viewership would kill the stock price. Schultz said, My suspicion is that the streamers are refusing to share... Well, that's a repeat of that one. Uh, so, in essence, Schultz, whose career includes a stand-up comedy special on the streaming service Netflix and a role in the Amazon series P uh, Sneaky Pete, is claiming that the viewership numbers are not what the streaming services claim they are. There is a belief that the subscription numbers equal viewership numbers, which is simply not true. It can't be. If they reveal just how low their viewership numbers are, then the shareholders and the investors would immediately pull out, leaving the companies with no choice but to cut down on spending. That would mean fewer shows and in turn way less acting gigs and writing gigs. Way less shows will be given greenlit uh, will be uh, greenlit and budgets for those shows will be severely reduced, which means way less acting gigs and writing gigs, says Andrew Schultz. The strike will essentially force the streamers to hire less actors and directors, so they're striking themselves out of work. If the actors and directors strike is successful by making the streamers release their viewership numbers, then uh, there you go. Just a hunch, though, he said. Schultz does, does say it's just a hunch and that he has no hard proof of this, but nevertheless, he may be onto something here. You know, I, 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 I'm glad he said it, and I've thought it in the past, too. Um, it's popped up for me every once in a while, especially when we had all of the, the, Netflix, um, the Netflix deflation numbers over last summer. I remember the streaming services had a really tough, had a really tough summer. I think it was last year. But when you think about it, I mean, they, they put out impossible amount of content. It's just impossible for the viewership to be really high. I think that this is a very, very solid theory. I mean, there are so many shows that are released. For every one show that gets super popular, like a Stranger Things, there are 20 pieces of shit that go out there that I'm sure somebody watches. But it's not. But as far as what is going to justify these budgets... So, I mean, as far as our, our uh, metrics, digital metrics, it's just ridiculous for everybody. You're either getting suppressed, you're either getting inflated. The people who know how to inflate the metrics, they're also the ones who are trying to justify billions of dollars worth of budget. I'm over here. People like me are getting suppressed. And, um, but I think just the numbers are getting suppressed. I always get always get emails from people. Frank, I met another Frankly in an obscure place. Like, they're all over the place. So if the message is getting out there, I guess I'll just say again, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't become a sponsor of this show or any other show that you watch regularly, that brings you enjoyment, that brings you something to look forward to, that you really, whoever it is, support them, that we are in a new phase here. And this is how you put your money where your mouth is. This is how you get involved. Um, that's all. I'll just keep saying that, that very simple message there. But I'm on Andrew Schultz's bandwagon on this theory. I think it's impossible, impossible for the avalanche of crap that they put out there to be watched in any significant way. So we'll see if those numbers actually do get released. Oh, here's another one for you. CNN chief, this is from the New York Post, Jeff Zucker, 
seen holding hands with married anchor Allison Camerata. Al, what are you doing? Uh, looks like Allison went back to smearing bagels after all, huh? <laughs> Never in my life have I ever wanted to be a bagel. Former CNN boss Jeff Zucker was spotted holding hands with married CNN anchor while attending Don Lemon's weekend bash at the Hamptons with his current girlfriend, Allison Gullist. Zucker, 58, who left CNN last year following reports of his affair with Gullist, a former exec. I guess you got to go all in at that point. You want to be my girlfriend? A former executive vice president at the company has seen been seen hand in hand with Allison Camerata. So, wowee, what a what a big happy family over there. Anyway, uh, here's another one for you that I uh, all this is open for conversation. You can call in 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. We'll be taking calls right on the other side of the intro after I do the Obama thing. Exclusive. This is from Business Insider. Hunter Biden's gallery sold his art to a Democratic donor friend, quote unquote friend, whom Joe Biden named to a prestigious commission. Really? Insider had learned the identities of two Hunter Biden friends who are also buyers of his art. The inter, the internal, uh, what is it, gallery documents shown that sales of Biden's art brought in $1.3 million. One buyer, whose identity is unknown, spent $875 million on 11, on 11 Biden artworks. On 11. He just needed to have them. They were first editions. On the campaign trail, Joe Biden, well, you know, you remember when we start seeing all of the the donations and how they correlate to ambassadorships and uh, that, that were handed out under the Obama administration, all that. You start paying attention to things like this. then, And then, of course, it just becomes second nature when you realize the way that the, the world around us works and where all of our money goes and, um, and how pay-to-play everything has always been, obviously. But still, in a sane nation where logic is the standard, if that ever existed and ever can again, there would be a serious investigation and audit into all parties on this. You have to audit. Now, I know it's art. You say, well, they have the cover. It is art. It's lar- the value is largely subjective. But if I were suddenly seen in a Ferrari around town, there would be an audit. No doubt about it. There would be an audit. There is no legitimate reason why anyone would pay this much money for Hunter Biden's artwork with him still alive, no less. All right. It it may become a little bit more valuable when he's dead, given uh, the kind of a controversial public figure he has become. I'm sure that I mean, there is some value in that alone, but a, a, a friend commissioned it. Why? I mean, if I if I started selling. If I started selling pampered chef products, maybe I can get my mother. Uh, maybe a couple, maybe a, an aunt or two, an uncle to buy a set of steak knives from me. Maybe a pasta strainer. Perhaps I can get, if I started selling Pampered Chef, I, I might be able to get somebody to uh, to buy a pasta strainer, a colander from me. Perhaps this guy gets a million dollar 
a million dollars worth of commission for a finger painting he probably did with his penis while he was high on crack. Just come on now. There need everybody involved in this transaction needs to be investigated seriously. In a serious manner. That's just that's just common sense. Common sense. All right. Um that's all I have for you in the opening. I hope that you've enjoyed yourself thus far. Let's get this one kicked off, shall we? We will be right back. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! I saw somebody in the chat room say, I take Frank for uh, more of a cut-go kind of a guy. You know, I had somebody come to the, the studio. It is a, um, not this studio, the first studio, a friend of ours. And we knew that they, they listen, can you sit down for a quick pitch? We're like, okay, no problem. Come on by. Um, so it's us. It's, it's a broadcast studio. We don't even have a kitchen area. But our friend came by, and she was just getting started with this. I think it might be Cutco. It might be. But she showed up. She had knives to sell. All kitchen knives. Steak knives. Uh, you know, hatchets. <laughs> all, all types of things. So we sit down with her in the, the war room at the first studio. And, uh, and she's giving us her... She's giving us her sales pitch. Uh, it, this is a one of the, she's just starting out, so every appointment she books, she said, "Listen, I get twenty dollars per appointment that I book. Um, so if you can, you don't even have to buy anything. But you know, you're sitting there in front of somebody you like, and she takes out the rope, puts the piece of rope down, and takes out one knife. Look at this, a paring knife, and just sl slides right through the rope. We're like, oh wow, that's really sharp. You have to, you have to indulge them. Listen." If you need knives, then you ex you appreciate it. Other than that, you know, you just indulge your friend who is trying to get themselves on their feet. You indulge them, and you buy a fucking knife. And we bought one. Why? I don't know. You cut cut candy with? I don't <laughs> cut chocolate at the studio. I don't even know what the hell we ever used it for. But you just do what you got to do. And I know. That if I ever started a Pampered Chef account, that I would definitely have an aunt or an uncle, somebody who is willing to buy that pasta strainer from me. And I love them for it. Alrighty, so let's go into the grab... No, it's the extended grab bag now. Um, 
here we have a another freak out on a plane. I just want to throw it out there because it's brought up another question for me. And we talked a lot about glitching out last night. We we're talking about liminal spaces and and things like that. Um, take a look at this one. You've probably seen it. Maybe you haven't. This is a this is quite a show. So now if you're if you're in podcast land, um, there is a I don't know, maybe a 27 year old black woman who has a mask on her face that her she is pretty much climbing along the ceiling of the plane. So she's holding on to all of the overhead carriers and she's pretty much walking and gyrating and humping her way across the tops of the plane's seats. And, um, yeah. Okay, so. Now, this is not because her ginger ale was flat. Uh, this, it, this seems to me like there has to be, this is a psychotic break. Some chemicals involved. I don't know what the, I, don't, I really don't understand. But the thing I don't, I really don't understand is now you know, at, toward the end. There she is, just uh, hanging out for a second. And everybody else is just trying to keep their their strong face on. And here comes three men to try to to detain her. Now my question to you guys is, you know, okay, plain freakouts. People are freaking out all over the place. We understand what kind of condition society is in right now. But uh, I thought that every... Where the hell are the air marshals? Is Were the air marshals ever a real thing? Were they only on a couple of different flights based on the, 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 the flight manifesto and who's on there? Their profiling. Is there a couple extra Arabs on a plane so they're going to put an air marshal over there? Like, what was the deal with air marshals? Are they still a thing? They're definitely not on every flight. Is it just a placebo effect now? Was it always that? You know, I expected at, you know, the, the 15 second mark, especially since they're in flight, I expected a Fed and a Fedora to put this girl down with a blow dart or something. But no, nothing. Now, I, I, at some point in the next couple of weeks, I'm really I'm really excited to bring on a guest that uh, I've been talking to for a while and he's a he's not only a an audience member in this show but he's got a, a nice little brand himself got a nice following on the uh, on social media himself his name is Rick and Rick watches this show um, regularly and he is a 747 pilot longtime 747 pilot and all of the stories I ever wondered about that a, a, a pilot, someone in his position would ever engage. I, I mean, I'm going to get everything. We're going to get UFO stories. We're going to have conversations about, uh, um, I'll even ask him a flat earth there. I'll, I'll ask him a flat earth uh, question. Of course, if he gives me an answer that the flat earthers don't like, then they'll say that it's because of the, the, the plane has um, fisheye lens or something like that. But I'll go there. Um, we'll also talk about mid-air hauntings. I want to know about, 
you know, they talk about haunted houses and haunted ships, ghost ships. What about ghost stories up in the air? So I think we're going to have a wonderful, I, I can throw in an air marshal question there too. With Rick, the pilot, 747 pilots. We're going to have a, that's the real deal right there, the 747s. But um, now on to this. Here's another mystery. Here's another mystery. The Obama personal chef found dead near family's Martha's Vineyard Mansion. We discussed this thumbnail sketch of this last night, and here's some of your details, and then we're going to start taking some calls. Remember, the number is 914-200-0269. That's 200-0269. And you can also get into the Gilded Chat. I'm already sitting in there waiting for some company. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put out it. There you go. Hey, everyone on Gilded. Sitting there looking for some company. See who shows up. The personal chef of former President Barack Obama was found dead in a quote-unquote paddleboarding accident near the family's $12 million mansion on Martha's Vineyard, which should be half underwater at this point which is situated at sea level, a paradox for fervent believers in the melting iceberg theory. Oh, there you go. Uh, Massachusetts State Police confirmed that the paddleboarder whose body was recovered from Edgartown Great Pond on Monday was Tafari Campbell, 45 years old, of Dumfries, Virginia. According to the Associated Press, Campbell was employed by the Obamas and was living or visiting Martha's Vineyard. The Obamas were not present at the home at the time of the accident. In a statement, the former president and his wife, Michelle Obama, called Campbell a beloved part of our family. Since then, though, I should say, this was published last night. Since then, that bit of information has changed. Oh, no, this was published at 7.11 a.m. this morning. That has changed. They were, uh, they were there in Martha's Vineyard. When we first met him, he was a talented sous chef at the White House, creative and passionate about food and its ability to bring people together, the couple said. In the years that followed, we got to know him as a warm, fun, extraordinarily kind person who made all of our lives a little bit brighter. That's why when we were getting ready to leave the White House, we asked Tafari to stay with us, and he generously agreed. He's been part of our lives ever since, and our hearts are broken that he's gone. Yeah, they eulogized um, the other one, too, Steve Bing. They eulogized him just war- just as warmly as well. Uh, Campbell had worked in the White House during Obama's eight years in Washington. During that time, he helped create some of the most famous presidential recipes, including a beer brewed from ingredients grown at the White House. On Sunday, Campbell went missing in the waters of Edgartown Great Pond and Martha's Vineyard. When it was time for the first family to depart Washington, they asked Mr. Campbell to join them, and he generously agreed, the Obama's statement added. He's been part of our lives ever since, and our hearts are broken. The search was launched on Sunday night for a, quote, male paddleboarder who had gone into the water, appeared to briefly struggle to stay on the surface, and then submerged and did not resurface. Another paddleboarder was on the pond with him at the time and observed him go under the water. It added, it wasn't clear why the other paddleboarder did not intervene to rescue the Obama cook. On Monday, his body was found approximately 100 feet, 30 meters from the shore at a depth of about 8 feet. It remains remains unclear how a healthy 45-year-old male, who is reportedly a good swimmer, can drown in what is literally an 8-foot deep pond. The Massachusetts State Police Detective Unit is investigating his death, but it is believed to have been an accident, CBS News reported. The Obama said Campbell is survived by his wife and their twin boys. It's an awful story. 
um, awful, terrible. Anything that happens on the water, of course, this 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 uh, video of Campbell uh, swimming, having been posted to his posted to his Instagram, all types of all types of uh, strokes and paddling and kicks. I mean, just to be able to do that alone, there's a nice little freestyle for you. I don't know how anybody who didn't have something else happen to him, there's a backstroke. The guy can backstroke. I can't backstroke. Well, it looks like it didn't last for too long. But um, eight feet deep, huh? Eight feet deep with a brief struggle and then below. And then what happened to the paddleboard? Are, uh, or are you not attached at the ankle to that? Is it not a flotation device? Well, I, I did not, not a lot makes sense, obviously. And then Benny Johnson put this out around 6, 11 p.m. He said the Obamas said that they were nowhere near Martha's Vineyard when the tragedy of Tafari Campbell's death occurred. But it turns out the private chef was on the island because Barack Obama was there as well. Initially, the Obamas said that they were not home. Now their office has been forced to clarify that they were on the island, just not at their residence when Campbell drowned. So why the obfuscation? Why do you think? You can call in now. It's 7.30. We only have about a half hour to 35 minutes left, so I would really love to spend some time with some calls, and I hope that you can uh, you can indulge me a little bit. So while you warm up your phones, 914-200-0269, we are going to take a very, very brief break. So I will catch you on the other side. John is going to sing a song that's very popular nowadays, okay? My name is John Dacre. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's a morning. in old Napoli that's a mori yeah. 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 you're cool 
What's up? I love QFTV. Yeah, yep. you're cool. Uh, what's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after Quite Frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. Rest in peace, John Dacre. Well, he's a legend in our in our family, at least. Me, Mike, and Anthony love and revere John Dacre. Let's take a call, shall we? First one up is Lindsay. What's going on, Lindsay? Hey, Frank, it's Jack. Jack. My phone comes up as my wife all the time. You might as well just say, "Hey, Jack," when I when I call. Oh, you know what? I I would if I can remember. I think a couple more times, Jack. You call you call in a couple more times. I'm sure I will start equating Lindsay to Jack. Just be patient in, in the meantime, because you know, in the old days, I could just make a quick edit and I can change it to Jack. But now it's just whatever the hell it gives me. I know, I know. First of all, what you're saying about supporting. Anybody you watch is 100% true, and everybody needs to do that. I appreciate it. And yes, and I mean, it, it's not obviously, I'm always going to look out for my best interests. I have to prioritize myself and my family, but this is across the board. Anybody that you are, that you get enjoyment, and you, I mean, it, it, that's it. Just uh, appreciate people's work wherever you can, and, um, and just remember it's just a, a necessity now. It's not like. Uh, it, back in the day, you go out, you get yourself a, a new television set, you call up Cablevision, you buy yourself the the, uh, the basic package, and then worked into that are all of these things that you don't want. You have to go a la carte these days, and um, and that's just the way yeah. it is. I think it's better. We're better for it, actually. Yeah, and that, and that's definitely it. You have to you have to support your people, and that's who you watch, where you get your information, everything. Second point is the guy probably drowned because he walked in on Big Mike taking a piss <laughs> and something went wrong. You are, you are echoing you are echoing a theory that has made its way around the world seven thousand times already. I have seen it. I think there's probably a lot of people in the in the audience right now bobbing their heads, going, "Mm-hmm." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, who who knows? Who knows, Jack? I think you're wig, on to something. Wig off. <laughs> I don't know. I you know I I think that to to get the job. To get the job in Martha's Vineyard, I think that that is one of those things where um, you you already you probably already know a lot. What you're getting into? Yeah. yeah. I cooked at. I sent you an email. I cooked at the PNC Art Center backstage. You have to be chosen. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You yeah. have to be able to deal with certain clientele and not freak out when you see them and, you know, starstruck and all that and just do your job, you know, so something's I, weird. I know what you It's like Edward Meacham in uh, in uh, House yep. of Cards. You ever watch House of yep. Cards? Um, a little bit. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, if you ever go watch, thank you for the call, Jack. That's a great call. Um, if you ever watch House of Cards, just pay attention to Edward Meacham. There's a reason why Meacham got all the, he was allowed to uh, stay that close, and he stayed close. They got him even closer. I mean, there's just, that's that. I don't know. Security. You have to trust your chef, don't you? Anybody in a position of power, their chef is everything for all the most important reasons. At least you know you don't need a taste tester. 
you know they're not going to poison you that um yeah but regardless what could there have been a line what what accident could have befallen them it could be just legit maybe he fell off hit his head become disoriented you know if you if you start if you're concussed all of a sudden um and you start losing motor function you could drown in an eight foot pool especially if you've just been it's possible but what happened is there ever going to be an adequate answer and are we going to forget before anybody uh gets a conclusion all right let's get uh, let's see here dawson dawson you there yeah who's this who's this who's this it's, it, you, you got Bob here. Who's this? Bob. It's Frank. Yes. I, I got I got a little one page story for Frank if he wants to hear. It. Uh, I think he'll get tickled out of it. Uh, Bob, this is Frank. Bob. Well, Frank, are you up? I I better turn this thing off then. I got you going on a live stream here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the governor wore gowns. It's a, it's a Queens representative went went too far. It's a one pager it's about New York. Back in 1702, elaborately less dressed aristocrat who opened the New York Assembly in 1702 on behalf of Queen Anne was fittingly regal. Spectators grasped at the extravagant hoop gown, the elegant headdress, and fan. For dressed in the finest ladies' fashion of the day was none other than Lord Cornbury, Governor General of the Colony. When other officials at the ceremony complained that the Queen's representative had made them a laughing stock. He said, you are all very stupid people not to see the propriety of it all. In this place and on this occasion, I represent a woman, and in all, respect, in all respects, I ought to represent her as faithfully as I can. Lord Canterbury was credited at, by some of his contemporaries with doing more to harm British rule in America than any other official. He was awarded the post of Captain General and Governor General of New York and New Jersey solely because he was Queen's cousin. He was hopelessly inefficient as an administrator, and while he spent money lavishly, he was so stingy in regard to his wife that she was forced to steal. But the most remarkable of the peers' phobias was his frequent habit of dressing up as a woman. Some of his closest acquaintances claimed that he was fulfilling his a mysterious vow by wearing only female clothing for a month each year. Others suggested that the real reason was his conviction that he resembled the monarch. The most widely accepted explanation was when the queen ordered him to represent her in America, he took her literally. A woman who knew him in New York said, he was a large man, seen frequently at night on the streets wearing a hoop skirt and headdress. One man wrote of Lord Cornbury, he is a spin, spendthrift, a grifter, a bigoted oppressor, and a drunken vain fool. Another writer was to report, he is a frivolous spin, spendthrift, and impudent cheat a detestable bigot okay so bob so okay so so so, okay so we have seven 1702 and you have a uh, a representative of the crown living here in new york dressing as queen anne so he's a he's a an uh, early 18th century cross-dresser that's what you're saying 
Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And he, 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 he cross-dressed a month a year. Now, it doesn't specify which month. One month. One month out <laughs> of the year. About, I got about one paragraph left. You can stand it. Well, what, 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 he, so he cross-dresses one month out of the year, uh, supposedly either to probably just to get it out of his system because if he's uh, – if he's uh, if he's trying to represent the queen, then you'd think it would be a little more spread out throughout the year. But if you can please just conclude what this is all about. It's wrapped up right here. In 1708, Lord Cornbury was removed from the office and put in prison in New York because of his debts. The following year, he was able to free himself and return to England, but his talents were recognized in the end. In 1711, he was made a member of Her Majesty's Privy Council. It's just a little one-page story. I thought you'd get a kick out. So there, okay. So, so, he, so after I, I, I know you like like a little history, and I, I know you're from up there. No, uh, I like it. I like it. Nugget. It was an unexpected, an unexpected little uh, Easter egg. So this guy, he's. I've been mean to, to torture you with it. Lord, Lord, I, I, what is his name I, again? Lord Canterbury. What is he? Canterbury. Lord Canterbury. It happened in 1702. And he went after his little stint in prison. He went back to the mainland, to the homeland in uh, in the in the UK, and he was actually put on the Queen's uh, Privy Council. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and that, that happened in 1711. Well, I guess uh, he 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 waited it he out. Right he was right. pa- he was patient, and he got his great reward. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for the call. He got his great reward. Represented Queen Anne with great, great dignity here in the United States. And he set the precedent, set the precedent, because um, I think that, um, boy, the things you learn. Uh, Brian, are you there, Brian? Hey, it's Fester. Fester? Yeah. Welcome, Fester. It's great to have you on. Yeah, I've been... uh talking in the past here, but hey, what about LeBron James kid having that heart attack? What do you think about that? I mean, I mean, well, what's there to say? I, I uh, oh, you, you, you sit, you see the, uh, it's one of those things where you can't avoid it. Somebody's, somebody of that, um, that stature goes down, 18 years old, has a heart attack in basketball practice, and, um, and then you just have to you just watch all the programming kick in. That's it. You have everybody making immediately making uh, speeches. They haven't even seen anybody's opinions yet, but they're just uh, one side or the other is just assuming that everybody is thinking that it's a shot. The other side is assuming that the other side is just outright denying that it could be anything re- re- uh, related to the show, which is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous what's going right. on. Of course, it has something to do with it. Yeah, and I'm, I wonder if they're even going to admit that he even had the shot. But I feel bad for, for the son, you know, and everything, like the family and stuff like that. But that just blow, blows my mind and how much they're going to try to cover that. But, yeah, thanks, Frank. I appreciate your call, and I'll talk to you later. Well, thank you, Brian. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those – I wasn't even going to touch it because it's just – it's there. And whether it is a, uh, you know, a, a billionaire basketball player's son or just – regular average Joe who for one reason or another felt compelled to go out there and follow all the rules when all of the rule setters were leading everybody all all these sheeps to slaughter it's just one of those things where duh 
I mean, th th that's just a factor in all these other things. I saw some reporting, like th second generation reporting, because of course the first thing that comes out, they just tell you what happened, and then everybody just makes their assumptions, and other people make their denials. And then the, the second generation reporting comes out, and they give you a little bit more. And they add things like an extremely rare... They, they, they add, you know, adjectives about rarity and all this other stuff, how, how this was just so outside the pale, whatever. And then they'll put words like congenital in there. So it was a congenital situation. This was something he was born with. It's nothing, it's nothing uh, recent. No, nothing, no environmental factors here at all. So, you know, uh, you, just, you just pray for humanity because I, I think that, I think the lines have already been drawn in the sand, and people have already taken to their side, and never the twain shall meet. All right, let's take a call from Mike. What's going on, Mike? So another uh, not-my-name phone, because it's like a burner phone. Okay. But uh, I'm Maggie. It's so good to talk with you, Frank, after listening to you for all these years. Oh, Maggie, it's great and, to have you um, on, too. Yeah, and so... There's so much to talk about because you bring up so much, but I got to tell you, a pampered chef, those little whisks are like the best. Which ones? The little tiny whisks. You know, you got to have that little tiny whisk from <laughs> pampered chef. You know, I. I but anyway. It's been so long. Ahead. It's been so long since I've sat down for one of the pampered chef presentations where a friend. <laughs> I, I actually had an ex girlfriend of mine did pampered chef too. So, you know, I remember there would be a couple of talks. She's like. You know, we were asking, do you want to do you want to go out Friday night? No, I'm doing a pampered chef party. I have <laughs> I have two pampered oh chef God, parties to do. So you know, you, you see the duffel bag with all the things inside of it. You're like, what does this <laughs> <laughs> what does this do? Oh, and I love all you know. You know, Maggie, I love all of the the. Um, I, I guess some people just have big enough kitchens to have a device for every niche thing. Like there is a there is a, a a special kind of mincer that only does a certain kind of nut, or you know, it's just uh, I don't know. It's just it's just incredible the the specialized tools that they have for the the the, the weirdest things. That, that's true, but I, I'll I'll uh, tell you one thing. I have my little whisk, but I actually living in a trailer on top of a mountain in Montana. So I'm surprised I'm actually being able to. Uh, get you so clear right now. Sounds great. Yeah, and, and um, just uh, wanted to tell you how far you broadcast. <laughs> so I'm. <laughs> I just really, really enjoy your show, and um, uh, I, I'm independently produced and distributed, and so I agree with you totally with your, um, you know, support, support your independent creators because we are all creators creating created by creator and that's where the real stuff's coming from you're right and um what, what do you create you said you are you're uh, uh what do you do do you do you just uh, imply that you are in the the, the business I'm, yourself i'm a musician as well like oh. yourself and uh i'm a soul pattern project and you would love the music well send and, it to me uh, my, uh, so, to, in fact, I emailed you. would love to be on your show, uh, Nathan and myself. Uh, he's a, just a fantastic uh, musician as well. So you can check us out. But that would be great. 
but I, can I say one more thing? Of course. Time? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so you always, um, you're so nostalgic. And, you know, I, I always feel like maybe you think that in this day and age, those things are being stolen from us. But in reality, it's giving us an opportunity to really appreciate those things, but not regret or be disappointed by anything and just um, live life to the fullest and not give these energy vampires our energy. That See, I'm glad, I'm glad that that is, that's something that you're taking away from any, any of our time together, Maggie, and I'm sure that there are other people that are, that see that and are, are working toward that end too, because I don't think, um, I think uh, everything in moderation is good, including including nostalgia because it is just something that if you forget what was good then these vampires will try to convince you that your entire life was a, was a bad thing and that because that's what they're trying to do they're trying to say that oh, everything you remembered that was good that felt stable that was uh that was wholesome was actually only good because it came at the expense of somebody else and that you owe the world something and that you were born with a certain amount of you know uh you know privilege or one thing or another and it's just a a, a terrible terrible browbeating exercise and i think that the nostalgia is such a um it's such a glorious warm uh radiant way to remind ourselves of what was good and can be again it, it is, and, you know, not only can be again, but of a new creation that we create out of our all of our positivity, and like you say, not our not the brow beating. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the old adage, you know, they beat you, and it's like you know your 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 morale is going to improve, you yeah. know, and then the beatings will end. But that, that's not even true. Yeah. You know, they want to convince you that everything's a lie, but it, but it. it we just have to stop participating in our own slavery. I'm uh, I'm, I'm with you there, and uh, just make sure you you forward me over all all the stuff. I want to take a listen to your music again. I'll be looking out for that in the email. Thank you so much, and I gotta say one more thing. Love your aunt intro. It, it's just super fun. I love listening to it every time I watch your show. But we love you, Frank, and uh, keep up the great work. Love your listeners as well. They're just uh, you just do such good work thank you thank you thank you it's wonderful to meet new people every day and to know that there's more and more of those listeners every day it's a slow crawl for us but it, it it's been a great one it's been a great one it really is um, I think that the pace that we're on slow and steady wins the race the way the race will be won what is the race anyway slow and steady just keeps you going slow and steady that's what I say but that is wonderful. At the top of a mountain in Montana, live interaction just took place. That's uh, thousands of miles. What is that, 2,000 miles? At least 1,500. Incredible. Just incredible. Here we are. All right. Uh, Dominic, you there? Yes. How are you, Dom? Do- doing pretty good yourself, sir. Oh, I'm doing well. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, so uh, I'm sorry. I'm watching you on my YouTube. Am, am I live right now? I'm yes. That's a dumb question. Oh yeah, yeah. My YouTube's behind. No, you're on. Yeah, there's a there's a delay. You're live right now. Just mute the YouTube and don't even pay it any attention right now. 
Gotcha. I'm sorry, brother. It's all right. Hey, so I caught your latest episode with Bill Bean, and it got me thinking about the episode that you did with Andrew Bushigo, and I started to see some connections there, and I just had a very strong request with all of your resources if you could try to get Bill and Andrew on the same episode together with you at some point in the near future. Well, um, I mean, that would be that would be something interesting. I actually, today... Today I had the I had the urge to call Andrew because I haven't talked. You know, Andrew is uh, he's he's legally blind, and so I right. can't. That's somebody you can't just send a, a text message or an email to. So it's it's one of those things where if you wanted to check him out, check in on him, you got to give him a call. And it's been a few months since we've spoken, so I wanted to do that. Um, the the I, I guess the the bigger question is. What is the crossover question or theme that you would like to see these two parties hash out? So Bill brought up a great point about the, again, this is all allegedly, you know, uh, about the government having some sort of quantum computers that were capable of altering the future or past. And that kind of sparked Andrew in my mind because, you know, one of Andrew's biggest claims was, you know, the, involve, the involvement of, uh, you know, the government and their their ability to, um, you know, time travel and having the technologies and such. And you, you have two different parties here. You have Andrew that was directly involved, and then you also have Bill who comes into it from, you know, a completely different perspective. And when those two stories kind of cross over, you know, you have two awesome resources together and i just think it would be a great conversation to watch to watch all all you guys kind of talk this out a bit further and kind of expand upon those things you know last night when we were talking about the the mandela effect i think this is why i wanted to call i felt the urge to call andrew today too because when when andrew bashago was on with me the two times that he was on in fact somebody just brought him up on twitter today and tagged me and um the fir- his first appearance with me last year was getting passed around a little bit, and um, I, the first thing I thought about was last night's conversation about Mandela effect, and right. you know whether or not you can go in the past and change how the main event again the main event remains the same. His time in in Ford's theater, Lincoln always got shot, but there was little tiny things around him that would change. The people who was ripping his tickets, the ushers that was moving him to his seats, the the you know the just just things like that. So I wonder, I wonder about what what is this? Is is Mandela effect really about people trying to change time, or is it that time is always being viewed and scoped in on our 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 chrononauts? just bouncing all around everywhere trying to learn from past events like really key events in the past that will always be you can't get around and if sure. you know if that's really it now as however that ties in with with Reverend Bill Bean and possession and the spirit that's something else you know if you have any uh, time dom uh write out some of your 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 thoughts and um, and email them to me because I can keep keep that in my show notes and perhaps I can whip something up in the next couple of months, especially on a Saturday night. That would be interesting. And I know that Reverend Bean wants to come back on. He texted me after the Saturday night event that he did with uh, James McLeod. He said it, it went very, very well, and he'd love to zoom in to give us an update and, and all that other stuff. So maybe, maybe there's something we can do um, sooner than later. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, I'd love to help out. And real quick, I know your phone's probably going off the hook right now. I just wanted to say, love the show. Um, you know, anytime you have a guest on, you give them the complete floor. And honestly, that's very unique. And uh, when it came to your interview with Andrew Bushago, I must say that that's probably easily one of the top interviews that I've seen him do on the uh, Apple podcast. So just wanted to give uh, my mad respect to you, brother. I appreciate that, Dom. I, I really do. And, and thank you for calling in. It's That's one of those, uh, thank you for calling in, and I'll be looking out for your email, too. Um, that's one of those things you learn over time. That's one of those things you learn over time to sit back and to just just let people go and to listen and write some notes in the meantime, and know when to jump in. Know when to jump in. To jump in to ask some clarity right there. They use a term. They reference something else that seems fundamental to understanding everything else that's about to be said. And you want to be able to get that all shored up. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad people out there see that for the, for what it is. All right. Let's take a call. Two zero three. We got a Connecticut caller. What's going on, Connecticut? Quick question, I'll let you go. Hey, who's this? It's Connecticut, up in Connecticut. I just got a quick question. Go ahead. And I'll let you go. When are you going to have the Zells back? When are we going to have the what? The Zells? Yeah. Oh, well, they were just on, they were just on, it sounds like you're calling in from a tin can. It's all right. It's, it's a flip phone, so oh, okay. they were just on when? They were just on a couple of weeks ago. I think it was right after Larry Nasser. Uh, we found out that Larry Nasser and and um, uh, and Jeffrey Epstein were were pen pals right up to the point where Epstein was killed. But there, there's more that we're going to be doing together on a in a true crime sense. So I'm sure they'll be back soon. We're always talking, so they're never far, and they're usually watching and hanging out. So. Okay. No worries. I will go back and double check. I've been kind of in and out, so I, I might have missed it. Anyway, have a great evening, and I'll see you tomorrow night. Okay. You too, Connecticut. I'm sure she said something very nice. I couldn't hear it. <laughs> but uh, I did I did make that out. She wanted to know where the Zells were. And uh, I'm always, I always want to know where the Zells are, too. Where the hell are they? They're around. And remember, we're, we're just about to cross into August. Then we're going to get the first whiffs of September and October. And that is, there's no better time to really dig into the weeds or the marshlands or anywhere else that weird things are hidden than the Zells. In fact, I was just talking to them on the side about the Long Island thing. There's that, but more. More on the way. All right, let's see. 914-200-0269. I guess no, uh, seriously, still, Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas in July to you all. We still have a couple of more moments left. Maybe somebody will get through and let me know if you had any Christmas traditions in July. But um, get on to, quite frankly, TV. Make sure you leave some questions, some thoughts about the electro culture show that we're going to be having tomorrow night that's going to be one uh very interesting thing and it'll also act as a a preview for all the 1893 world's fair stuff that we're going to be doing in book club in the month of august but um yeah no that's that's it all right let's go into the super chats first one up is here now josh here now josh says 
Salve, brother. Please do not grow too fast. I have seen a lot of great shows fall aside by doing so. Thank you for the great work. No, what I'm saying, Josh, is that it's impossible for me to grow too fast. I've already been doing this since 2006. Okay? Now, I've always said that it was to my great advantage that most of my formative years, my most formative years behind a microphone was when barely anybody was watching or people like King were watching where we can make terrible, awful, awful mistakes and say horrible, dastardly things and, um, and, uh, and we won't get judged for it. <laughs> so, uh, no, it, don't worry about that. I think that if this show became, if this show became anything else, if it was changed, if the if the if the, the the spark that drives it was changed or altered in any way, it would be a real drag for me too. I like the coziness. It's just expanding horizons with the people we're talking to, with the conversations we're having, and um, and also the behind the scenes mechanics of the production, show production, the way that we market ourselves, combined with the. Um, Combined with what is waiting for us in the after hours, I had a, a, a great production meeting today with Abe and Cody about the after hours and what we're doing over the weekend for the weekend, the weekend programming, and also a complete nuking of the merch section. I said, you know what? I think other than, than the mugs, I want it all gone, and I want to start from scratch, and I want to do some really interesting things. And um, so there, there's a lot of things. A lot of things are going to happen. Other stuff was done today, too, but you'll see. It's just about enriching what we have, and that will create the magnetism for growth, no doubt. Stostube, thank you so much for that, my friend. Let's see. Let's go into the Rumble, get our Rumble rants on. Here we go. First one is from Shaga. says, Frankster, I catch Dark to Light every day and occasionally have the pleasure of catching your evening show now that rumble has opened ios for donations i'm sending you a tiny bit of support your way thank you is that true that it wasn't open for donations at a at a point so now you can send rumble rants pretty much like super chats back in the day when we were monetized on youtube you can send them through the phone now that's really wonderful and shaga that is just such a generous a generous gift to the show. You have no clue how much it, it means to us um, growing and going forward. Let's see what else we have here. A few other things. One more is from Jay Semo. Says, another great show and calls tonight. We're in the calls something. Now, I don't see anybody. I don't think that the guys have walked through the door yet as far as the guys from the band goes, but they're coming. So if anybody wants to call in and be the last caller, go right ahead. Get in here. And how is the bingo, the chat room bingo, doing on on Gilded? I have to imagine that with a short show, it's going to be a little bit harder for anybody to to win bingo. I don't think so, but we'll see who got close. We'll see who gets close later on. All right, uh, on Foxhole, quite frankly, TV, which the after-hour programming will be starting shortly after we conclude here. Robert Sarns. Keep those calls coming in. I'll get to you in just a second. Sean Joe Twisted Sticks says beat to the flat. Oh, a beat to the flat Earth question. Much love. Oh yeah, you got beat. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I'll bring it up. And as far as flat Earth goes, I'll 
I will set up a dialectic one day between a representative of both camps. I've got nothing to offer the situation, and I don't know how to test anything or press on logic for one way or another, so I'd rather just moderate two people who are respectful of each other and also know exactly what they're talking about to defend their position, and the audience can go and make a decision if they hadn't already, because that's really what it's all about. People are already making their decisions. Uh, Rook Castle says Obama's chef is now reported to have suffered blunt trauma prior to death. Obama calls in his own mortician. What? Who's reporting that? Blunt trauma. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. Somebody who has displayed, if that really actually was him in that video, an ability to swim, at least for survival purposes, on a pond that I I have to imagine that it wasn't going to be rough waters and not too far out from, and and you're, you're attached to a paddleboard. That's a flotation device. So we'll see where that goes. Could, here's another true crime for you in real time. True crime in real time. Obama edition. Porpoiseful, thank you so much. Stacks, thank you so much. What else do we have here? Eyes Wide Open 8 says, love you, Frank. Love you. Sean Joe. Kajusps. Kajusps. Chai Possum, anyone in the wings for, quite frankly, coffee? Almost out. Love you, Frank. Uh, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. There are four coffee companies that have sent things in to me. Um, Conspiracy Coffee Company in California. That was really good. Revolutionary Coffee Company in Iowa, I believe. They have a couple of brick-and-mortar locations. That was very good. Um, They... uh, uh, there's the Alien Coffee Roasters Company, and there was a fourth one that that um, that Abe sent my way too. And I don't know what the hell to do. I don't know what the hell to do. What I have to do again is I have to sit down and I have to sip every last one. I have to have all four brewed. So I told some of you on the Sunday stream I made a terrible mistake with the coffee um, the coffee research. Terrible mistake where I tested each coffee like one Sunday from the other and I forgot what it tasted like from the Sunday before so I'm drinking all this great coffee but I don't know how to really discern what is what and um, it's a real it's a real heartbreak because I want to say yes to everybody I'm not very good in a business sense like that don't worry though don't worry we'll figure it out I have to have it figured out by the time the August ends because we need to have coffee ready for people for the fall, for the winter, for stocking stuffers. We need all that. Thank you for reminding me again to get my ass going. All right. Thank you so much, everybody over there. I'm releasing the scratching, so I stay on top of this. Let's do a call from Stephen. What's going on, Stephen? This isn't Stephen. This is Lori. Lori, I'm so sorry. Regards to Stephen. That's my husband. Everything's under his name. Frank, (laughs) this is me, Lori. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you, Lori. You sound great. You know who I am? (laughs) Do I know who you are? You're you're Stephen's wife. Listen, yes, I am. Um, I have a Christmas in July gift. Okay? Okay. 
you're asking the celebrations who celebrates Christmas in July? Yes. It's you? Okay. It is. No. <laughs> I'm sending Aurora a whale of the gifts for Christmas in July gift. Oh, my. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dress with all kinds of whales on it. Oh, boy. And, and, and it's a little book with, with all kinds of, all kinds of information about whales. She's so, going to love this. <laughs> so, well, I wish my daughter would have a kid one of these days that I could have another grandchild, but, you know, she's still waiting. Oh, so I can't. Oh, you know what? I get my press to other people's kids. Lori, you know, you, you bring that up. And I know I'm, I'm putting the uh, the cart before the horse here, but I already started thinking to myself, man, I'm going to be, I, I, I got to really keep myself calm. I mean, first of all, I mean, you know, we, 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 we're still young, Lauren and I, we'll see what the hell happens. But, um, but as far as Aurora goes, oh boy, when, when she's a mom, I'm going to be, have <laughs> Aurora, please have more. You better start saving your money now. <laughs> have more, Aurora. Can you have three more, please? Oh, man. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm going to get it in the mail, but I wanted to make sure that. I don't want to send her the, the Madeline uh, doll. Well, well, that's me. Oh, that, oh, well, that's another good one. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. hey, hey, if you want the, so, anything you want to send to the, 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 the P.O. box, that's totally up to you. Yeah, and that's, I'll be doing that next week, so I just want to make sure you look out for it because you got um, it. I hope if I do UTS, I'll just drop it off. And we'll, I mean, we'll not just leave it on the doorstep. Well, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, don't, don't, you don't have to worry about that. It's a, it's a nice store and everything's fine. But I, I appreciate that, Lori, and I, uh, I really do. But anyway, so. So that's my Christmas in July. Well, you know what? You're going to make a, a little girl very happy with the whale book alone. Okay. So thank you and send okay. my, be- send my best to Stephen. And then her birthday's in September, so I'll have something coming in the way in September, too. Very gracious of you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Say hi to Lauren and give your beautiful daughter a hug. Oh, I will. Don't worry. First thing, <laughs> okay. in, first thing in the morning. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good one. See you. Yes. Uh, listen. Nobody needs to. It sounds like Lori already went out and did that. Uh, nobody needs to go and buy whale stuff and 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 a whole wardrobe. We really don't have a lot of room. I'm just telling you, there's such wonderful people out there. You want a oh, holiday card? Send a holiday card with whales, puppies, whatever you want. Those are things that whatever comes in. Aurora, look, the card came in for you, and she opens it up, and wow! So send a holiday card, then we could put it up around our doorway collect all the holiday cards, but don't feel compelled to send wardrobe stuff or anything like that. Lori sounds like she already went all in, and uh, I'm telling you, we're, we're very pressed for space. Okay? Thank you. In fact, uh, this is really cool. Another, uh, another person out there, Michael, sent in a couple of shark teeth for uh, Aurora the other day. She got two megalodon teeth and one great white shark teeth tooth. And she has been showing it off to everybody. So that's, um, those are the little things. And when I stress little things, we can, we can manage those fairly enough. All right, that's that. I'm glad we got one Christmas in July story. Well, not story, but call theme coming in right now. Um, I see the guys in the band just showed up. And that means I must depart. That's what I'm going to do. And I really appreciate you all. And I can't wait for tomorrow night. It's going to be a really great topic uh, with all of you involved. I would hope that you all um, contribute a little bit. Go go look into electroculture tonight. 
look into it, and what is the main questions that pop up for you along the way? Were you confused about? Uh, how do you want to push the boundaries of the conversation? How, how how far more expanding is it? You know, what what goes into it? And then put that question either in my email, and I'll put it into the, the official thread, or get to the thread onto the forum. And other than that, I'll see you on quitefrankly.tv tonight in the chat room. Enjoy yourselves, ladies and gents. Thank you for the calls. Thank you for the company. And uh, until tomorrow, goodbye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Oh, wait. Nope. I missed out on Rockfin tips. Hold on a second. I'm not going to go away with this. Jack Bamberger says, quite frankly, receive. Oh, well, that's just thank you. Oh, thank you. So much Jackman Burger. That's just the, the notification there. No message. And Todd Fife says, for the weeds. For the weeds. That sounds nice. Todd Fife, thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful gifts over there on Rockfin. All right. Small miracles. Until tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side. Frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. Now, our super chatters. Here now, Josh, Stostube, and our wonderful friends across the Rumble universe. That is started off by Shaga and uh, Jay Semo. Thank you, guys. Until tomorrow. Good night. You're a kitty cat? You're Tom. Hello. I'm a kitty cat as well. <laughs>